0: Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jamieson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I've seen so many of your amazing faces joining our TikTok squad. Remember, if you're not a part of our TikTok squad, that is our community group that goes along with this podcast. You can go to tiktok-squad.com. There will be a link in the show notes for you. My name is Victoria, just like the podcast intro said, and today we're going to be talking about some hot news with TikTok, as well as an interview from my friend Nicole Renard, who is an incredible con. Content creator and just an inspirational human. I really enjoyed chatting with her, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that interview. Now, one big thing happening on TikTok right now is of course, their new CEO, and a new feature that is actually limiting some of the music that brand accounts can use. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. First of all, before we get started, I want you to take a screenshot of this podcast, put it on your Instagram story, and let me know where you're tuning in from. Make sure you tag me at Victoria Jameson, that's Jamison like the whiskey, so that I can share it to my story to say thank you for tuning in. And as always, you can submit your questions to me through the Anchor app. I said last week that I'm going to start giving shout outs to people that leave me a review in the iTunes store. So for Apple Podcasts, if you don't have an iPhone, go borrow one from someone and leave me a review. It really, really helps you guys. And I super appreciate it. It's a way that you can help support this podcast without ever donating or ever buying any merch from us. All you have to do is leave me a review so that you can When you leave me a review, it helps more people discover this podcast and see why they should tune in. Now, our viewer of the week, I guess it's not a viewer. On YouTube, I do viewer of the week, but I guess it would be a listener of the week, Does that make better sense? Our listener of the week is Roy. He says that our podcast is fun and educational. The host is smart and funny. Thanks, Roy. You're so sweet. She finds guests who, like herself, have a lot of clout on the platform. The topics, though casual and feel, actually have a ton of information, and she directs the flow well without being too abrupt. So thank you so much, Roy, for your review. I love hearing feedback from you guys. I super appreciate it. So if you get a chance, please leave a review in the iTunes store. At some point I'm going to start giving away gifts for this. So just waiting for them to come in actually. So get ready for that. It's going to be a good time. Our TikTok accelerator course is off to an amazing start. We've got 15 ladies in there who are absolutely killing it. 15 ladies and one man, I should say. For some reason, I'm feeling like the ladies are really killing it on TikTok. A lot of my clients have been female bloggers and fashion influencers and makeup influencers. So Guys, are you ready to represent? I'm going to need to see you guys step it up a little bit. All right, before we jump into today's topic, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Now, remember, if you guys ever have any questions, you can always shoot me a voice message here on the Anchor app. If you're not listening through the Anchor app, you can download it in the App Store where you can voice message me, actually, and I can put it in the episode, which is really cool. I think it's nifty. Um, I'm a huge fan of voice messaging. If you ever message me on Instagram or Facebook, um, I will probably voice message in response. I'm a lot better at talking than I am at typing. So let's talk a little bit about the channel changes going on on tiktok right now tiktok is owned by a chinese media conglomerate company i don't even know if that is the right word to call it but they're owned by ByteDance, which is based in china that has had its own set of controversy and currently is i think being investigated again by the government i'm not really sure how that's going. I know that with any app, they collect user data, and Chinese companies, I think, are on a, under a little bit more scrutiny because of really the xenophobia of other countries here in the US, as well as the current health situation. I think a lot of people have a lot to say about China, and that is okay. But it's important to remember that the North American headquarters for TikTok are in North America. Therefore, the user data is stored in North America. And I believe it is the same for other countries. I cannot speak on that because I'm not as well educated in how the corporate structure of TikTok is in other countries since I am based in the US. But basically TikTok got a new CEO and that's what we're talking about today. Kevin Meyer is the new CEO for TikTok. He resigned from being the streaming executive. I don't know what SEO, that's search engine optimization. I don't know what his title was, but he was with Disney, Walt Disney Company, uh, and he was in charge of Disney Plus, I believe. So basically, he's a genius. (laughs) Uh, Disney Plus has been a game changer in the streaming world, and I'm sure Disney is making a killing off of it. So he is serving as the chief operating officer of ByteDance. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm reading an article right now, you guys. I just learned that I thought It was for TikTok. It is for ByteDance as well, which is cool. Maybe this will make people calm down about it being a Chinese-owned company, having an American CEO. Wow, that's actually really neat. You learn something every day. TikTok has actually been downloaded 1.9 billion times worldwide, according to this article by the New York Times, which is insane. That's 172 million downloads in the U.S., And it's been downloaded 307 million times in the first quarter of this year in the US, which is crazy, you guys. Crazy, crazy, crazy. If you're not marketing yourself on this app, y'all need to get on this. I don't know what it says about having a major competitor, not really a competitor, but a major entity in business, having their top executives switch over to TikTok like I think that's pretty cool and I think that says a lot about where this platform is going. I've seen a lot of people speculating lately and saying like oh it's too late to get on to TikTok or oh you know there's going to be other competitors well right now there's not. And right now is still the best time to start. You know, three months ago was probably the best time to start, but the next best time is right now. So if you guys are sitting there thinking like, oh, it's too late for me to start, there's five other people that aren't saying that that are starting today and they're going to be that much farther than you are. The point of these discovery platforms is really to take advantage of it when it is hot. You know, two years from now, TikTok's probably not going to be hot and that's okay because you're going to have your platform built against and across against is not the right word. You're going to have your platform built across multiple networks so that when one of those lights starts to dim, you have another one coming up even brighter. Look at Vine, you guys. The people that are the most successful from Vine were able to diversify themselves across other platforms, and those are the ones that made it through as content creators. So I want to help you guys do that by using TikTok to build across all social platforms. I love TikTok. I love their corporate office. I've been had a really great time working with their corporate staff. We are part of the creator program. So we get insight from the creator team at TikTok. We got to visit their headquarters. This is an amazing company you guys and an amazing opportunity. So it's really cool to see other big wigs in the industry hopping over and joining, which is guys crazy. A Disney executive now is the CEO of TikTok. That's insane. And a bite dance like wow we couldn't address the business side of tiktok without addressing its relationship with media companies and especially with record labels so recently tiktok announced that copyrighted music would no longer be available for advertisement aka it won't be available for brand accounts so what this means is if your account is registered as a brand account for tiktok that you won't be able to use copyrighted music in any of your videos which if we look at YouTube, are we surprised? I'm not. I had to go through a contracts class when I was in college as a performance major. So I've been semi-well-versed in how contract law works and how the music industry wants their cut if you're profiting from their music, which is fine. They should, right? These artists should be benefiting from the use of their songs, especially for profit. In the past, TikTok has helped manage this by having the sponsored tracks. So if you are part of the creative program and you're in the creator marketplace like Matt and I are, then you actually have a sponsored song playlist, which means if your post is sponsored, aka a brand went through TikTok to create an ad and they reached out to influencers through TikTok, it you are required to post it with the sponsored playlist, which is all copyright free music. But right now, it looks like the FTC is not monitoring if influencers are disclosing that their posts are ads or not. So that's why you're seeing a lot of product placement ads, especially from Bang. That's probably the biggest culprit I'm seeing right now. They're not instructing influencers to protect themselves by disclosing that it's an ad or a sponsorship or a brand deal. Technically, these influencers are profiting off of copyrighted music because they're using a copyrighted song to promote a product, so they are earning money from this, and in the end, the brand is using this content, so I think this is in efforts to help align with the standards of the music industry and how we support musicians and artists and how we disclose ads, so now, in addition to having that sponsored playlist, I do foresee some cracking down of sponsorships maybe not in the near future but maybe in a similar way that Instagram now has where you have to tag if it's a sponsored post I don't know if any of you guys have noticed that now even when I just post about a product I like Instagram's like hey hey make sure that this isn't a brand deal because you have to tag them and that way Instagram's protecting themselves from being in trouble with the FTC. So, I've noticed on several of the corporate accounts that I run now, there is no music. You can't even see the music that normally is there, you know, the top trending charts and whatnot. You see just the copyright free playlists, which is fine. I totally understand that. I mean, look at YouTube. You really can't use copyrighted music on YouTube anywhere. And hopefully, we won't get to that point with TikTok because I believe many, many music companies understand that TikTok is such a valuable role in the music industry right now. If you look at the top songs on TikTok, they are all the top radio hits right now. All of them. Savage was on the radio the other day. You guys look at Lil Nas, like TikTok launched his career. So the music industry kind of is kind of at TikTok's mercy right now, I would say. So it just is going to be interesting to see how this moves forward with licensing and deals. I have a feeling that Music companies are paying to be those top trending songs on TikTok so that they get more visibility so that hopefully these bigger users decide to use their music. But I know for a fact that the music industry is going kind of under the table and paying these big, big users to use their songs. That's why you see Charlie and the Hype House and these other kind of creators, big creators using the same songs because they're actually being paid to use them. If you guys want more information on that, I can do a whole episode on that. But that's kind of in a loophole right now in the influencer marketing world because they're not promoting a product. Do they have to disclose the song as a paid endorsement? I don't know. It's a gray area. So it's interesting to see how all this is playing out. The laws definitely have not caught up with the technology and with the marketing techniques. So it's all kind of the wild west, which is why it's kind of the best time because there's lots of loopholes and I'm not telling you to take advantage of loopholes, but I'm not not telling you to take advantage of loopholes. So where's my lawyer? I need some clarification on that one. All I'm saying is there's not much monitoring going on right now for anything. It's nice that they are now making sure brands cannot profit from copyrighted music, which is necessary, honestly, because there's a difference between a personal brand, and this is where some of my clients were confused, and a brand. So if I am ColourPop and I am making content about my products on TikTok, I am directly linking those to sales. I am directly converting to sales from my TikTok. I'm going straight to my brand website. As an influencer, it gets a little bit to be more of a gray area because if you use that song and do a dance to it, are you directly profiting off of it? Well, not directly unless you're paid to use the song, but you know, you don't know if someone clicks on your profile from and goes to an affiliate link from that video. So it becomes a really gray area. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think at some point the benefits will outweigh Brands actually wanting to be credited for these song uses because it will drive traffic to so many more avenues of revenue for them rather than just plays on TikTok. Or there will be some kind of agreement similar to Spotify where brands get paid based on how many users use their content. So kinda like monetization on Spotify, it'll be on TikTok. Like monetization from YouTube, it'll be on TikTok. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out on the music industry side of things. If any of you have expertise into that and have input, please, please, please send me a voice message. I would love to hear from you. I also wanna know if anyone out there would be interested in hearing from one of our TikTok lawyers. There's several amazing lawyers on TikTok putting great content out there. And I would be interested to have of them on the show to talk about the legal side of this. So if you're interested in that, let me know as well. Now, without further ado, let's hop into our interview with Nicole. Nicole is a content creator living out in LA right now. I have a crazy story of how we met. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that. She's absolutely killing it. Went from less than 20K when I first discovered her and we connected to now, I think she's over 450K. She's catching up with me And that's why I wanted to have her on here is because she has done so much just during this time that COVID started and the quarantine. It's been incredible to watch her grow and her techniques are just really authentic. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So grab a pen and paper, write down some notes, and let's jump into it. All right, guys. Welcome back to TikTok Radio. Today, I have a friend of mine who we actually have a really weird story of how we met. I have Nicole Renard here today, but Nicole is killing it on TikTok, and she's also an influencer on Instagram. So we've really been able to connect because we have so much in common. Yeah, Say hi. I'm
1: so excited. Hey. Hi, everyone.
0: <laughs> okay. So just to give you guys like a two-second backstory, uh, I went to LA in November for... Thanksgiving um, and for a funeral, but that's a long story. And basically I went to Disneyland and I saw these really cool pictures being taken underneath the castle and they're really cute. And I was like, oh my gosh, I bet that's like a blogger or they're like, what's the thing, Disney, where you wear the cute costumes to Disney, but it's not really a costume. Disney bound, Disney bound. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're like Disney bound bloggers or like they're doing something cool. And I turned around and I was like watching because they were taking really cute pictures. And then I was like, I bet they're filming for TikTok. And I like said that in my brain. And then lo and behold, I'm at the airport leaving LA like a few days later. And this TikTok of this photo shoot comes up on my For You page. And then I follow Nicole and we find out that her sister went to college with me at a really small private school. So it's a really weird story.
1: That's, I can't believe that. It's so funny. And we have so many mutual friends. We know. It's you. so weird. Yeah.
0: The universe brought us together. It's a small world after all. <laughs> okay. So tell me, how did you get into like being an influencer? Cause I know also Nicole did pageants. I did pageants. Her sister did pageants. It's just, it's weird to you guys. Um, so how did you get into being an influencer? Like, I know you talked a little bit about when you were Miss Washington and how, how did that journey go?
1: Yeah, I think it just kind of fell into my lap. In college, I realized that I was spending a lot more time making a list of the things I wanted to do instead of actually doing them. And I was like, that's lame. Um, I wanna be the person that that, that actually does these things. And so I, at the time, was not a very good writer, and I was in film school, so I needed to be a good writer. So I created this blog as a challenge to myself to write more, but also to do the stuff on the list. And so every time I did something on the list, I would cross it off and blog about it um, as a personal way to hold myself accountable. And then it quickly turned into this movement of people who would see my posts and I use the hashtag do stuff. Um, and they would post something of their own and they would hashtag do stuff like, Hey, I went on a hike today, or I went on that trip. I've always been saying I wanted to go on. And it was so cool to see all these people who were like actually getting up and taking action on their dreams instead of just talking about them forever. And I, I've always been the type of person that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm not just going to say, Hey, let's go on this really cool road trip and then never go. Like I'm going to pack the car, put the snacks in and hit the road. So I just, it's been so cool to see like what's come from that and all these things I've been able to do in the people I've met throughout that journey. Um, and that's kind of around the time that Instagram first became something that you could make an income off of and make your full-time career. Blogging wasn't very big when I started all of that. And I never, I anticipated my full-time job to be social media marketing and blogging, YouTube, all of that. Um, but I'm super thankful for it because I love making videos. I love writing and encouraging people, and it's just it's so fun that I get to do that every day for my job.
0: Yeah, and just thinking from like a marketing perspective, because I'm always looking at things through the lens of like how to build a brand. Like it makes so much sense that it organically worked for you because you were doing something that you were passionate about, and other people saw that too. Right.
1: Yeah, and it kind of just fit in naturally with my lifestyle and what I was doing because at the time I started my blog, I traveled to nine countries that year and I have been doing photography for about 11 years. And so I had pictures of all these places and it occurred to me like people want to know about these places. I should write about it. I should blog about it. And then all of a sudden I was traveling close to every two weeks. I was never in one place for longer than three or two or three weeks. And um, that's where Nicole the Nomad came in. Um, and kind of became my brand name for my blog and everything. And um, yeah, it just kind of went on from there.
0: So do you consider yourself like an influencer or a content creator or a photographer or just a, like a nomad? What's your like, What? how would you categorize yourself?
1: Oh gosh, I hate that word. I don't know because I, I have so many thoughts on the word influencer and I understand that the nature of what I do falls into that category and that's fine. But I, I think influence is an outcome. It's not a profession and just because you have a lot of followers and you're posting a certain amount of things doesn't mean you're influencing anybody. Um, unfortunately, I, I like to think of myself as an encourager because that's something I know I'm gifted and it's something I, I love doing and I think it's something that's needed in the world. I love to lift people up and bring out the best in them and remind them who they are and that's something that I can do through my social platform. So whether or not I'm influencing them, that's that's out of my control but I know that I can encourage and. If one person sees a post and if, who cares if it reaches 10,000 people,
0: if it encouraged one person, then I've done my job. I love that. This is why I know we get along because I feel like <laughs> everything you say, I'm like, yes, girl, I totally feel that. <laughs> it's so much. It's not about the numbers. It's about the people you're able to influence. Yeah.
1: Totally. And, and that's the thing too. Like I used to get all caught up in the numbers and sometimes if I'm not careful, I can still get caught up in the numbers, but I have to zoom out or or sometimes even zoom in and focus on the one because it, who I reach and how much I reach is so out of my control, but I can focus on one person. I can focus on the individual and seeing them as
0: one person who is valuable and special. And that's really all that matters. Exactly, and as far as getting onto TikTok, so you were already established on Instagram as an influencer or whatever you want to call it, as a creator. I like the term creator because I do feel like when I think of you, I think of someone that creates content, like that's yeah. just doing. They're just doing things, and that's kind of your brand. Yeah hashtag do stuff. Yes. So uh, when you were getting onto TikTok, transitioning from Instagram, I talk with a lot of people who are already established bloggers or already established influencers and they want to take their brand to TikTok. What were some of kind of the challenges I can't even talk today. What are some of the challenges you face transitioning to a new platform?
1: Um, well, obviously TikTok is, it's a different app. You can't try and make, do the same thing you do on TikTok as you to do on Instagram because it's different. I just don't think it works the same way. And so I think approaching it with a different mindset is huge, but It's actually funny. I got on TikTok back when it was musically because when I competed for Miss America, we were required by Dick Clark Productions to make a musically account the week we got to Miss America. And we were all like, what? We don't know how to work this. Like, this is for middle schoolers. Like, we're so confused. What? (laughs) We were just so... Yeah, we were so mad and none of the girls knew how to work the app and I I figured it out. I figured it out within a couple of hours and I was like, wait, this is actually really fun. And so I started making all these musicals, and the girls were like, what the heck, Nicole? Like, how are you so good at this? Like, we don't even know what we're doing. And so I was the girl who was like running around making TikToks or musicals, But I was like, I'm not going to keep this up after Miss America because I don't, it's just another social media platform and I don't have time for it. Right. So I dropped it and then it turned into TikTok. And I just made another account as a joke back in October and um, I was making a lot of food videos and this is where I pivoted in my brand because my brand has always been about travel and food, but due to COVID and quarantine, I have not been able to travel nearly as much as I was. And so I focused more on the food aspect of my brand and that's what really took off for me. So in the beginning, if you kind of scroll down in my TikTok, you'll see I was doing some photography videos. I was doing some random videos, trying to do the dances and it just they weren't great. Um, My photography ones were good, but I just knew that I didn't want to go that route necessarily. Um, And the food was really where my passion was. And I'm super passionate about feeding people across the world. So I'm like, if I can take that and run with it, I can easily transition everything else on my other social platforms to be heading in the direction that I actually want to go. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing recipe
0: tutorials, um, smoothie bowl videos, all kinds of fun food stuff. And I love it. And what made you decide to make that shift? Was there like a sign, like certain, you know, metrics or you just felt like that's what you wanted? I know we've talked a little bit about like making sure you're focusing on things you're passionate about. um, But was it just a decision and you're like, I'm going to do this, whether it does good or not, or did it do good right off the bat?
1: You know, it's so funny. I, it's always been food for me. Ever since like end of high school, college, food has been like something I knew I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I have always wanted to do more food stuff on Instagram, but every time I posted food content, it tanked and I got such low engagement. I was like, as a brand and as a business, I can't afford that. So I stopped posting food. I started posting more travel, more like, pretty pictures of myself because unfortunately that's what did well on my page. And I, I was so, well that's what does well on Instagram in general. Yeah. And I was so upset because I'm like, I want to post this awesome picture of this dish that I made, but it's not going to get any likes. And then I, I can't, I can't do it. So I stopped posting food. Um, but, I've always wanted to go that way because my my biggest goal is to host a traveling cooking show around the world. Um, and so when food started taking off on TikTok, I was like, finally, I can post what, I want, what I've want, been wanting to post for forever. Um, and I can transition that into posting more food stuff on Instagram because more people are following me there from TikTok. Um, and it's funny, right before quarantine, before I had really committed to the food stuff on TikTok, I was still kind of posting a variety of things. I just felt a tug. It was like food, food food. And every time I kept asking that question, like, what should I focus on? Where's the direction I should be going? I just kept hearing food. So I'm really glad that I leaned into that and just decided to dive in head first because it's working and it's super exciting. And I just, I can't wait to see where it goes.
0: Yeah. Cause you're almost at, you're at 350,000. And I want to say you were less than like 20 K when I first found you in like November. Is that accurate? Yep. Yeah, I was
1: at like 70,000 the first week of quarantine. I, okay. Wow. So I
0: think it's, it's interesting. Well, I like hearing you say that, you know, TikTok gave you an outlet to do something for your brand that you didn't feel like performed well on other platforms, which I feel like is really cool. But I also love hearing because on the show, we've had lots of creators that have gone from like zero to 7 million. So that's, you know, that seems a little bit overwhelming to some people, but this growth, I mean, is amazing considering, you know, it's so hard to grow on Instagram, but I feel like this is doable for like the normal person, you know, that wants to build a brand online and just has a passion they want to focus on. So it's cool to see that your account grew so quickly, even during a time when a lot of creators out there are complaining about views. Yeah. I don't know. if totally. you Have you seen a fluctuation at all in the past couple weeks in views or no, yours are doing great. You're thriving. It's, thank you.
1: Um, it, I, am still trying to figure it out because I feel like it changes so quickly, but like last week I would, every time I opened the app, it was 2000 new followers and I'm like, what the heck? It's growing so fast. And I couldn't figure out like which video is popping off. And it seems to be a few that were all of a sudden getting a lot of views, but now like this week it's slowed down a little bit and I, I'm just trying to figure out, okay, now, now what is it? What did I do differently? Or what video should I post next? And, I really can't figure it out, but I think for me, consistency is really important and figuring out like when a video does well, like what about that? Did people like, and how can I not do the same thing? Because that gets boring. Like Nobody wants to see that. I think I still want to be authentically, genuinely me and provide value, but still stay within, like stay in my lane, basically, if that makes sense.
0: So how have you seen this platform affect YouTube and Instagram for you?
1: Oh, tenfold. Like my engagement has gone up on Instagram. My, I have had YouTube. YouTube has been my longest platform. I've had that before. I had Instagram. I've had it for almost 11 years now. And it's been like a thorn in, my side if that's the term i don't know what they say but i just was so frustrated with it because i love making videos and i spend so much time making these youtube videos and then nobody watches them and i'm like what the heck what am i doing wrong and all of a sudden my channel has grown by almost 4,000 subscribers in the last month and people are seeing my stuff and my my videos are ranking on youtube and oh
0: I'm my so gosh that's amazing
1: I want to be doing YouTube full time because that's where I can launch my show that I want to have. And I just, ah, it's so exciting. And I, it's so cool.
0: TikTok is such a building block for other platforms. And I think people get so wrapped up in like the, I can't sell, I can't make money on TikTok, but the reach, the reach is the Mm -hmm. most valuable thing. That's like a total, you know, that totally proves it just in that. Yep. Have you done any, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, it's something that I've realized like maybe I just need to spend this month or even a couple weeks and just grind it out on TikTok or whatever it is because I might not be making money right now, but it's going to set me up. It's going to launch me to do way more in the future. And that's
0: actually what I did. So I don't know if I've even talked to you about this, but basically, when uh, I was in LA for that. Uh, memorial service and for thanksgiving matt and i came back like two weeks later and spent a month with dominic and josie who were kind of a viral couple on the app josie's at like five million something now which they were at zero when we i mean they were at like maybe less than 100k when we met them in the spring of last year so they've like blown up and matt was like you just need to focus 100 percent on tiktok like stop putting all your effort into youtube and instagram and i was like like I can't, I can't build a business on there. Like my business mindset was holding me back. And in those four weeks that I spent with Dominic and Josie, I literally posted three to five times a day, created a ton of content, eat, sleep, breathe, TikTok. And I hit over a hundred K, like gained over a hundred K in that like four weeks. Transitioning from Instagram, just for anyone else out there that's listening that maybe Feels like Instagram is like their platform. What do you see the difference between? What's the biggest difference for you between Instagram and TikTok? Oh gosh, the,
1: it's like comparing an apple to an orange. They're so different. Um, I think Instagram is a highlight reel, and I think a lot of people have caught on to the fact that it's not real life, and you can't compare it to your life because it's everyone's best. And honestly, that gets kind of old. Like, yeah, it's nice to see cute pictures and. You can get inspired by people's creativity, but I just think it can get really toxic really quick. And TikTok for me is a release and it's an escape. And you see anybody, anybody can post a video and it can reach a million people. And it's relatable stuff, it's real stuff. You don't have to have a fancy camera. You can literally shoot it on your iPhone and the lighting doesn't even have to be that good. But if it's funny and if it's human and if people can relate to it, they're like, oh my gosh, I love that. And I see stuff all the time that I'm like, oh, that's me. Like that happens to me all the time. And it's such a simple idea, but it reaches people and it's entertaining. I think, um, it's just so good to be versatile and not put all your eggs into one basket because the reality is Instagram could poof disappear tomorrow morning and we could wake yes, up and if you like Vine. your entire brand,
0: on R.I.P. Instagram, Vine.
1: yeah, it, it's just gone. It's literally gone. And then what? you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Sure. It's great. Yeah. I'm on TikTok, but whatever. It might disappear too, but I'm also on YouTube. And Hey, if that goes away too, I've got my own website. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so good to, to be on multiple platforms and be able to have a backup plan because it's
0: so out of our control. Definitely. Have you seen an increase in what you're able to charge for brand deals when you're incorporating your TikTok?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because now I'm reaching almost half a million people on top of the audiences that I have on YouTube and Instagram. And because I'm on so many different platforms, I can put together packages that have a higher negotiating power that I can get a better deal.
0: That's one thing I've talked to like a lot of my Instagram clients about or not my Instagram clients, but my clients who are Instagrammers, um, they're able to really negotiate those numbers and that like really pads their reach because then, you know, you get to ask for so much more money when you're reaching half a million people versus what you might be reaching with, you know, 50 or hundred thousand on Instagram mm-hmm. totally. and the engagement rate, you know, like on TikTok, I have an 18% engagement rate, which is like unheard of on Instagram. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, I mean, my analytics on TikTok are like 10,000 times better than they are on Instagram because I'm reaching like 94% women and my engagement rate's like almost at 50%. So I'm like, okay, that's like a dream for Instagram. Literally. I could just push all that over. That would be great.
0: And it's those like super fans that end up following you and finding you on other platforms. And those are the ones that are engaging with your content. So it's just mm-hmm. like the best of both worlds. Yeah. You're so right. So as far as planning content, how does that look for you? I know because you're a full-time creator and a lot of the people we've had on this podcast are newer full-time creators. So coming from like a background in blogging and content creation, what is your kind of strategy for how you create in general and also how you incorporate TikTok into that now?
1: Oh gosh, it's so hard. Especially with TikTok, I'm, it's like non-stop, I feel like. But I think I've had to figure out what's a good balance because when I was starting to grow really big on TikTok, I was trying to hit three videos a day and that's a lot. And then I realized like, okay, I need at least one day off a week. Like I can do two to three videos a day, but I need one day completely off. No posting, no nothing just to get my mind ready for the next week. And so I always keep a running list on my phone and in my journal of ideas because I never wanna run out of ideas. I feel like that's where I start to panic as a creator. So as long as I have a list to look back to, even if I don't do the ideas on the list, at least I can look at it and it might spark another idea. But I have a running list of about 20 to 30 ideas that I wanna do and then if I ever feel like I don't know what I can do I can just go back to my list and be like okay this is what we're going to do today so I always try to keep um there's always like 10 videos in my drafts and then I'm always editing I probably edit three to four TikToks a day um on top of like the YouTube stuff I'm creating because that's also video
0: content but it's a lot (laughs) so what do you edit with
1: I edit with Premiere. Um, I went to film school, so I was trained in Avid, but then I quickly learned that most of the industry was using Premiere. So I taught myself that program. And for me, it's just easier. I know a lot of people use iMovie or just stuff on their phone, which is great. But that to me gives me a panic attack. I think that would stress me out way more than just doing it on my computer. I totally
0: get that. Because I, yeah, I like Premiere Rush Pro. I don't know if you've tried the phone app for Premiere Rush, it's really awesome, actually. But I like, I mean, anything that I'm filming off my camera do you film on your camera or do you film on your phone
1: um 90 of the stuff I do is on my phone if it's something that I'm putting on IGTV then I'm using my camera but now all my TikToks are on my phone I've realized that it's it's pretty good quality and it doesn't really make a difference yeah so I'm doing I feel my that
0: I, I find that um, content that looks native to the app. Maybe I don't know if you've discovered this as well. Yeah. Um, content that seems native, like someone could have filmed it in the app and edited it in the app, tends to perform better than these like yep. fancy edited, high professional quality videos
1: totally i filmed something on my camera i think no no no. it was um i went to new zealand at the beginning of last year and i had all these incredible shots from we did a hot air balloon ride Ooh. and had these amazing aerial shots and the sunset and so i like compiled this cool travel video and i was like this for sure this is gonna be the one it's gonna blow up People <laughs> are gonna find my page it's so like well produced and it a lot. I was like, are you joking? Like, this is such a good video. And it, it looked too good. Like it was too good. Yeah. The cam- Cause the then it looks like an ad. I think yes. people
0: think it's an ad if it looks too good.
1: Uh huh.
0: Yep. Like 100%. Okay. So say just to give like y- viewers or listeners, gosh, I always say viewers just to give listeners an idea of like what a content creation session looks like for you. So say you are uh filming a recipe. Would you be just filming that recipe for TikTok or would you be repurposing that content for other platforms too? How does that kind of look?
1: Yeah, there's there are a few times where the recipes I post on TikTok I also post on Instagram. Um, I try to re-edit them so that the ones that go on Instagram are a tiny bit longer so that I can make them an IGTV video because those are only a minute or more where TikTok is just a minute or less. Um, because I, I just feel like if there's all these people following me on TikTok, why are they going to follow me on Instagram? If I'm posting the exact same thing, like I need to give them something different. And so there's a lot of recipes that I post on Instagram that never see the light of day on TikTok and vice versa, because I want to give those people something new. Um, but then at the end of the day, I also remember that I'm human and I can't do 50 things at once. And so sometimes I just need to repurpose my content. So I try to just make little tweaks here and there, but when I'm actually feeling Filming usually TikTok is the priority because that's my largest audience right now. So those videos always go first, and if I have any extra time, I'll throw something up for Instagram. Um, But YouTube is also a priority for me because I do one video a week. So as long as my YouTube video is done and I've got my TikTok set, then
0: I have time for extra stuff. I love that. It's so important to be consistent with any platform, honestly. So having it makes sense that TikTok would be your number one priority because it's your largest platform. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because. I mean, if you would have talked to me a year ago, my, my, all these answers would have been different for you because TikTok wasn't even a part of my life. And now I have to prioritize it. So my whole process has shifted. And I think as a creator, it's so important to have that flexibility because this market is always going to be changing. And if you get stuck in your ways and you get comfortable and you don't adapt to those changes,
0: you're going to get stuck. Oh yeah. And the adaptation is a huge thing because I see creators, I talked about this on my episode with Alex, who's also a a photographer. Um, you might find that interesting. He talks about how like, you know, things are constantly changing about what works and what doesn't on the app too, which I mean, you even mentioned thinking like, Oh, what did I do different this week? Why didn't that work as well? So it's super important to be, you know, engaging and seeing how things are shifting because the numbers really do change.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so
0: true. Um, How do you, okay, so a lot of people are always asking me about like how I come up with ideas for content or, um, you know, how to brainstorm. So what's your process for coming up with ideas? If
1: I look, if I'm looking through the for you page and I see something that I think is funny, um, and it doesn't have to do with food, I try to look at it and be like, how could I do the same idea, but make it about food? Um, or like do one of the trends, but make it fit within my brand. And sometimes that just doesn't work. I found that most of my success works when I am just being myself and I have an idea that has nothing to do with anything that's going on and it's like this is me and this is my idea here we go um so every now and then like some of the hashtags like those trends I know people say like it's so smart to like do the trends use the sounds all those things um but I think at the end of the day like authenticity trumps all of that. Like if you're just, if you're not trying too hard, I think so many people are trying so hard and I'm like, just breathe, relax a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. Like you're going to get so much further in life. If you just stop worrying about it, what everyone else is doing and what you feel like you need to be doing and just do what you want to do, you know, and be yourself. I know that sounds so cliche, but if you can really get to that point where you understand that at the core of who you are, it is going to show through and people are going to be able to tell.
0: I mean, things are cliche because they're true a lot of times. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And um, I look at some of the videos that like, I thought were going to do so good, and it's always the ones that I just randomly put up, and I'm like, whatever. And then they pop off, and I'm like, it's because I wasn't trying so hard. Like, stop yes. trying so hard, Nicole.
0: Oh, that's me. Yesterday, I literally did a reaction to one of my friend's videos and it got like 15,000 views in the first like couple hours. And I'm like, then when I do this video that I like edited together of my husband's office renovation, it like flopped. So,
1: mm-hmm. yep,
0: even I need to hear that. Okay, so Crazy. what advice would you give to someone who wants to be doing what you're doing, but they're like starting from ground zero?
1: Um first I would get out a pen and paper and take a couple minutes and just dream. Write down anything and everything you want to do. Don't put limits on yourself and literally imagine you have all the resources in the world. You have nothing holding you back. You can talk to whoever you want. Anybody's going to help you. You have enough money to do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. Like what do you really want to do? And then with that I think that's going to give you some clear direction on topics ideas content at least direction of where you should be headed and then figure out like how can you use what you have with where you are right now to start you know i I don't put so much pressure on yourself to like have a viral video the first thing you put up because you can't make your 50th without making your first so i just encourage you to take the first step because once you take the first step it's scary and it's hard but you take it and you realize oh that really wasn't so bad and now you have the courage to take the second step and you're going to learn so much in that process and um, I think you'll be surprised by how quickly or not even how quickly because it's not about pace, but you, how much you learn and how much it starts to evolve. You don't have to have all the answers when you start. I think this the important thing is to start. Yes. You know, That's the whole premise of my hashtag do stuff is just get up and do it. Like quit sitting and think about it. Quit sitting and saying you're going to do it. Like get up and just try it because you might flop and then you'd be like, Oh, okay, well let's try something else. And then you do something else. And eventually you're going to figure out what it is, how it works and what you really are passionate about. And then it's, it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. imperfect action. Just taking the first Mm step. Now, okay, I like to always ask people, because we're wrapping up um, on time, I like to always ask people what they would go back and do differently on TikTok if they were starting today, but knowing what they know now. Ooh. I know, it's a hard one. That's a hard one because the app has
1: changed so much. Like, when I got my account in October, it looked so different than what it does now because it's just, it's grown so fast. But I think I would just commit when in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to be the girl that does food stuff and photography stuff, and people are going to love me because I was in Miss America, and they're going to, it's all these three different things. And yeah. no, I just don't think that's a good idea. I think if I just would have listened to that voice that was telling me food, food, food for so long, I could have even grown quicker, faster. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be because I do believe that this is exactly how it was supposed to happen, but I think I knew I needed to commit to food sooner than I did.
0: Yeah, that like little voice that you don't want to listen mm-hmm. to, that you know mm-hmm. is right. Like, yeah, that intuition.
1: I was, I was like, I don't know if it's gonna work. So, okay, so I always
0: do a speed round with everyone on the show for our last little bit, and I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, and you just tell me the first thing that pops into your mind. <gasps> okay, I love this. Okay, ready? So, what is your favorite yeah. trend on TikTok right now?
1: <gasps> oh my gosh! Uh, I don't know. Oh my gosh! Trend. I don't follow the trends. I don't know. Wait, this is not, I'm not good at the speed round already. Um, <laughs> shoot. Oh, I like the thing where people are drawing on their backs and they're trying to see if they can replicate it like
0: that. I just saw that. I want to do that today. I think. I love it. Okay. Who's your favorite creator to follow on TikTok?
1: Um, I love that dude can cook. He's funny.
0: Oh my gosh. I follow him too. I really like he him. Fits. Okay. Um, your favorite TV show. <gasps> Riverdale. Oh my gosh. I like have not gotten into Riverdale, but people ask me all the time if I'm from Riverdale. Is there someone that looks like me? Oh my, um, I don't think so. But KJ Apple, if you're listening to this, can we get married?
1: <laughs> I also love Gilmore Girls.
0: Oh, it's classic. Okay. Um, your favorite podcast? <gasps> this one, duh. Oh, <laughs> I didn't pay her to say that you guys. Um, and then your biggest influence on social media?
1: Ooh. I have two answers, Kristen Johns and Madison Mealy.
0: Love them both. Awesome. I'll have to look them up. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today, you guys. Thanks for tuning into TikTok Radio. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yay, thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: I'm so excited I got to like talk to you a little bit more after our weird connection story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do something like this again because I feel like I have so many more questions I want to pick your brain on. Okay, well, have a great day and happy early birthday.
1: Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me do this. I'm so excited.
0: Are there any last parting words you want to share?
1: Oh gosh. I think as dumb as it sounds, because I've already said it so many times, like just go do stuff. Don't be scared. It, It can feel so scary, but life is way more exciting when you step outside your comfort zone. So I just want to give you the courage to whatever that thing is in your head that you've been wanting to do, just go do it. Try it. Why not? Yes, I agree. Go do
0: it. Do stuff. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of TikTok Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review in the iTunes store and let us know what you liked about the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Catch you next week. Peace out, Girl Scout.